When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. And welcome to the Courtney Turner Podcast. I'm your host, Courtney, and I'm super passionate about moving and thinking. On this show, we are going to dive into all things health, fitness, personal development, lifestyle, and political sociocultural. I've always been fascinated by people, and I love learning from the experiences and stories of others. This has been a treat for me, and I hope this is enjoyable and useful for you. As always, if you have any questions, comments, or any way that I can make this a better experience for you, please don't hesitate to reach out. Hello, welcome to the Courtney Turner Podcast. I'm here today with Rachel Wilson. She's an incredible researcher. You probably (laughs) remember her from the last two podcasts we did together. And today we're going to talk about Nick Fuentes and some of the things surrounding it, because both of us had a very similar experience, actually, like, we were super excited about America First, uh, yeah. if, right? And yes. if my audience has read, or if you haven't read, you can go to my website and I have my article. And I talked a little bit about my experience with uh, AFPAC when I wrote an article about why uh, America First is not synonymous with Christianity First. And that really came out of this experience going to AFPAC this year. I was at CPAC and then AFPAC was basically, you know, next door, although that was not as easy to to go through as one would expect, but that was kind of a disaster actually. But I was super, super disappointed. And I was just telling Rachel, like I actually cried. I was like really, really upset because I felt like I was misled and I felt it instantly. And part of why we want to do this stream is because we both feel like it, that's kind of what's happening to a lot of people. And yes. it's unfortunate because they're saying a lot of things that people want to hear. And yes, there might be some suspicious kind of activity around it. So yeah, for sure. Yeah. So where, where do you want to start with all of this? <laughs> well, I will say like my experience with America first, um, yeah. I first kind of heard about Nick and his show back in, I think it was 2019 during what they call Groyper Wars. And this is when TPUSA was going around college campuses and sounding a lot like Democrats 10 years ago. Mm-hmm. And a lot of Nick's followers were going in and asking questions like, you know, how does sodomy help uh, <laughs> America first? How does how does the, the typical, like um, this neocon, very big tent, doesn't really stand for anything type of organization help us like how is that going to deal with the problems that we have that that I think a lot of us who might be considered dissident right things we wanted addressed and they were doing that and I thought okay this guy is really young he's just a kid but he seems to have some good ideas some good takes Um, he's out there doing something he's organizing and kind of liked him And then maybe around 2020, around election time, I started to watch more and more of his streams. I liked a lot of his monologues. Um, Me being a little bit older, you know, some of the Zoomer humor didn't always land, which I thought, well, you know, that's my oldest kids are that age. So that's (laughs) nothing new for me. But um, where things started to kind of take a turn, I went to Stop the Steel Lansing because I live in Michigan. And John Doyle, who's from my hometown, was there. I thought he's great. I love his show. Still love his show. Still think he's great Mm -hmm. um, from everything I know about him. And Nick was there. And, you know, there was a lot going on at that time. And I just wanted to show up and kind of like see what was going on. And and it was kind of a historical thing, right? Right. Um, So I went and the speeches were good. But behind Mm -hmm. the scenes, it seemed different than I would have expected, but I kind of shrugged it off. Um, It was a lot of like, uh, it didn't seem as, it seemed very serious when the cameras were on and the bullhorns were on. But as soon as that went away, it seemed different to me. And there was like 
I expected tons of security because, you know, Nick is always making a big deal about how people threaten his life and how he's in danger and, and the feds are out to get him. And I'm like, there's no security. There's no, like, he seems perfectly fine. It's just like him and a couple pals and like all these young dudes showing up. And I was like one of the only women there. Um, but I kind of shrugged that off. And then what really ha- what really started to make me wonder was after January 6th, Nick's involvement, and then his behavior shift after January 6th. Major changes in his behavior and his rhetoric after that. And then my husband luckily caught on and he was like, this is no good. This is bad news. And he really started to poke holes in it publicly, which at first I was upset about. Right. Because I was still like generally broadly supportive. But thank God I have a very wise and discerning husband who like laid it all out for me. And I went, oh, you're right. There's some red flags here that I, as a person who knows about things like psyops and and feds (laughs) and whatever, should have probably caught. But I didn't because Mm -hmm. I really wanted to believe that this was like a good, hopeful thing. So, of course, upon further inspection, once you do a little digging, you find a lot of a lot of information that we think people should know. So that's kind of, I think, why we're doing this because I still have a lot of friends, a lot of, you know, Christian friends who think this is a Christian movement, that it's, um, that it stands for all the right things and that Mm -hmm. Nick is this true blue guy and and all that sort of stuff. So we're going to go over some of the background of of the America First Foundation, some of the characters that are tied in with this thing and, and just let you guys have the information so you can decide if this is something you really want to support or not. Amen. Yeah. I think that was really, really well said. And I, I love your backstory with it because I do think so many people are just looking, they want hope. And so we kind of look to, you know, the next uh, movement or the next person and that's just human nature. So yeah, it totally is. And we're, we're globbing on, but Unfortunately, a lot of these people who, especially who rise to the surface very quickly, yeah, you know, there there's reason to question, ask questions at the very least. So, yes. yeah. So let's start with the American First uh, Foundation. I mean, he was really young, and it, anybody who knows to start something like that is not an easy feat, and it is not cheap to do. So, right, right. So Nick has a very cultish following, and when I say cultish oh, yeah. following. Oh. Oh, yeah. We are not exaggerating. Um, no, fact, my- that's not hyperbole. They are. No. I, and that was the first thing I'll just really quickly say. So when I was at that, I was like, he's a Pied Piper. I mean, yeah. it was immediately. And he meets all the criteria. I mean, he's very eloquent. You know, he's attractive. He he can rally the people. He speaks well. You know, he's he's appealing in that in that oh, regard. Yeah. yeah. yeah he's, and uh, he's a really talented guy. Nobody's going to deny oh. that he's talented, that he's intelligent. That's yep. not. Where That's the not the problem, was. but, but um, I saw it. I'm like, these people are in a cult. I mean, they were blind. It was like, they were in a trance. Yes. In their exactly. That's what it felt like. Yeah. Yes, exactly. Um, and so my husband has done streams where he's actually gone over like the 10 criteria they teach law enforcement of how mm-hmm. to identify a cult and that oh. America first fits every single one. And one of the major ones is that anybody who decides to leave mm-hmm. even on good terms, they try to destroy that person. So earlier this year, um, Nick's former best friend and the former treasurer of the America First Foundation, Jaden McNeil, um, who even like lived with Nick for a period of time and things like that, and has been like a really staunch supporter, mm-hmm. first tried to quietly just announce that he was just going to be leaving and moving on to other things. That's really all he would say. He didn't just come out and like try to do a smear smear campaign or anything he just said oh yeah i'm gonna be resigning as as treasurer of america first foundation and i'm just moving on to other things well the entire groiper army as you might call them which is like nick's really dedicated following absolutely attacked the guy went after him uh his family um you know making threats of violence um saying they're gonna get him um calling him all kinds of names trying to defame him all this other stuff so at a certain point maybe within a week or two of that happening Jaden came out and did like some streams where he totally spilled the beans because he said look these people i was hoping they would let me just go away quietly but they're going to try to destroy me so i have no choice but to kind of speak up 
So he he gave a lot of like personal information and stuff that we probably won't really get into here because we don't want to like those are unverifiable things that happened personally between him and Nick. But what he did say, um, what Jaden McNeil did say about the America First Foundation is that he and Michelle Malkin were both board members and that a lot of the financials were very uh, cryptic and they were kind of kept in the dark. So he he says he was kind of treasurer and name only. They needed someone's name to put on the tax forms and he doesn't truly know like really where a lot of financials come from other than he says that there are three like mega donors who are very, very wealthy who've given Nick like large sums of cryptocurrency and things like this. So I thought we should probably take a look into the America First Foundation because foundations are a very common way for um, entities to kind of launder money. I'm not accusing them of money laundering. I'm just saying it's a very well-known way to take money and make it look um, legitimate to uh, deal with the tax end of that sort of I thing. Would, I would argue that's what they were created to do. Yes, honestly, I would too. By the elite. I would too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so Nick created a foundation and the person who was really instrumental in helping him set this up was Michelle Malkin. Everybody probably knows who Michelle is. She's been around a really long time. I mean, mm-hmm. I was a fan of her like in my early 20s. So mm-hmm. yeah, I was too. Long, yeah, a long time ago. Um, and I had never really looked into her, but because she's a board member and um, she's on the America First Foundation, like tax paperwork, her name is right there. I took a look and what I didn't know is that she and her husband, Jesse Malkin, were kind of, um, I will say recruited would be the correct word, out of Oberlin College. They were both in college together. Oberlin? Um, yes. Oh, all play- Why did I not know that? I mean, Oberlin is a super, like, so really quick story I'll just tell you. But my yeah. dad did not want me to go to a super liberal school. That was like one of the, I had a, a whole checklist of things I could not go to in terms of schools. Okay. And so he <laughs> said, yeah. So he took me to see Oberlin as an example of why I don't want to go to a super far left school. And I was like, okay, Dad, you made your point. Like, I think this is a little extreme. He's like, no, th- this is what you will experience. And I was like, okay, I got it. Yes. <laughs> yeah. So you might be very interested to learn <laughs> that um, the reason, so that they started the college newspaper there. Jesse really started it. And then Michelle, um, she had originally gone for like piano but realized that probably wasn't going to make her money. And she thought mm. maybe journalism. So she started writing for this paper that Jesse Malkin had started. And he started the paper with funding from something called the Collegiate Network. It was formed in 1980 as a union of college papers that was funded by a neocon group called the Institute for Educational Affairs or the IEA. And this, this is Irving Crystal. Okay. Yes, this yeah. is Irving Crystal and William Simon, who was Nixon's Treasury Secretary. This was their organization, and it was very similar to, you know, some CIA stuff that was going on at the time with like um, the Congress for Cultural Freedom in the '60s and '70s. Very similar operation to that, where the whole point of this was to start a college newspaper network. Um, to influence politics on college campuses. And they chose Oberlin specifically because it was notorious for being one of the most progressive schools. And they and this is a neocon organization. So this is not like a um, paleocon, right. a, you know, old-fashioned conservative. This was like a very neocon Warhawk um, organization that wanted to influence colleges. And they kind of handpicked Jesse because he was going to be a PhD candidate who they thought would be very influential, that kind of checked all the boxes for them of what they wanted. And he was going to promote what they wanted to promote through the college newspaper. So um, that's kind of how Michelle Malkin and her husband got into politics and journalism in general. Um, After establishing this college newspaper and working with the IEA, they... The Rand Corporation. I feel like the more I hear these stories, like they all sound the same. same. Yes, it is because they have (laughs) they have a very systematic way of influencing, and this is something people don't understand when they're like, "Oh, conspiracy theories." It's like, no, there's a well documented formula 
for how to gain influence and power in institutions and the, the IEA science of leveraging power. It's actually, it is actually a field of science and this is how they do it. Yeah. Yes. This is how they do it. And they're not shy. Like the IEA said that this was their stated goal. They said they were seeking to recruit PhD candidates from colleges nationwide to place them in institutions through grants, uh, fellowships and, um, things of that nature to to place people in institutions such as NGOs, federal agencies, and universities. So, I mean, this is something I come across all the time over and over. This is yeah. how they do it. So you'll get grant money, you'll get awarded a fellowship somewhere because you're a person who is going to promote what the people giving you the money want promoted, right? Right. So That's why they're giving the money. <laughs> yes, exactly. So Michelle and Jesse, uh, they move out to California where uh, Jesse is working as a consultant for Rand Corporation. And this is from 1996 all the way to 2011. So about 15 years. So this is not like, oh, he wrote an article for them once. Right. And you can go to Rand Corporation website right now and find a whole list of all his contributions to Rand. Um, so this is like, it's out there, but I don't think people know this. And I think that if you are somebody who thinks Nick Fuentes and America First are the answer to the problems of like the establishment powers that be and all the issues like, you know, immigration and these different things, things that Michelle Malkin is known for talking about, Rand Corporation would probably be the last place <laughs> you would ever expect, you know, her and her husband to be, um, working through right so, the, the 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 king of like wartime research think tank yes yeah oh yeah major think tank uh very globalist very yeah. very in opposition to all the things that america first yeah. says are so important protege and tavistock yeah <laughs> yes exactly um so and i mean nick is somebody who loves to talk about he doesn't want to be sending large amounts of money to israel he doesn't want foreign wars he doesn't you know, America first is supposed to be, we're not the global police and we're not um, Israel's greatest ally and going to like, you know, dedicate everything to other nations and to globe to the globe rather than actual Americans. But right. Rand Corporation is kind of at the forefront. I mean, they, with things like Vietnam and, and all kinds of other wartime propaganda and different, um, trickery of all sorts really going on um it's, and so much it's of, so many of the psyops you know yes. were tested and then uh the protocols came out of the rand uh corporation yes and think tank yeah yes so and and they have a lot to do with things like global warming which jesse mulkin was writing about back then and yep. so very influential in a highly influential think tank that's kind of in opposition to all the things America first I was that just she's a say, board member me, on is supposed to stand for. So I was just going to say it gives new meaning to controlled opposition, but it really does. But it's not the first time you and I have seen this. So yeah. it's surprising, but it's also not surprising. So that's, yeah. I think that's a major key piece because Michelle Malkin has been one of Nick's biggest, boldest supporters from yeah. the start. I mean, she was right along with him back since like, I don't know, 2018, 2017, like right, yeah. right when he started gaining a lot of steam. Um, and she spoke at AFPAC yeah. uh, two years ago, I think, uh, mm -hmm. maybe even at the first one as well. She's been so. and, and she's like revered among Nick's cult as they call her Mommy Malkin. That's her nickname there. So <laughs> the fact I, I just when I saw that they were so deeply ingrained and even recruited, like Michelle Malkin would not be Michelle Malkin had Rand Corporation not recruited her husband really and, right. and placed them in the public eye to, to have the prominent blog that she had that got her started to, you know, make her a best-selling author and somebody who's a TV commentator and so well-known. So, um, and then her husband actually quit working for Rand in 2011 when she kind of became the full-time business and he just spent all of his time, like basically as her agent promoting her. Right. So to me, that kind of sounds a lot like Rand is saying, okay, you've got your own like side project going here that you can just go do that now. Right. Um, so very interesting stuff. If you, 
you know, if you're a little curious about this foundation, the fact that she helped found it and was a treasurer probably and, and a board member for certainly for AF foundation, that's really something to think about because this is how power dynamics work. And this is how controlled opposition and psyops work. So that might take us to our next, our next piece of the puzzle here, which is during stop the steal. Okay. Um, Before we get there, I just wanted to clarify. So did they recruit Nick? I don't know. Okay. I don't know. Um, Nick's official story is that he went to Boston college to be a political science major. And that while he was there, um, uh, what's her name? There's a girl who works. She still works for like Ben Shapiro's organization now. Oh, um, Cassie. Her name is Cassie. Can't remember her last name. She kind of discovered Nick, I guess. And he was, he was going to work for that organization first. And for whatever reason, decided to do his own thing. I I've met Cassie. Okay. Cassie <laughs> Dillon. I knew that rang a bell. Cassie Dillon. That's her name. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So uh, I guess he was kind of picked there and then he quit college. He's always said it's just because he didn't like it. But now looking back, of course, I wonder. It, I do wonder. Yeah. I, I, Seems pretty I can't unlikely make... that you would just quit because you didn't like it and move back home, especially if you're Nick and you're by all and by all accounts going to be like a really smart person and you know you're going to be an intellectual thought leader right right so he just quits and then he starts the show and the show gets a political intellectual thought leader so yep. you would think he would want to get his degree and possibly even go on for a graduate degree i mean that would be kind of the the logical course of right. events right and then the other thing to think about is that at this time was right around the 2016 election Mm, yeah. And this is when his show really took off. And um, he's always kind of promoted himself as helping get Trump elected, that he had a big sway in the youth vote. I don't know if there's truth to that or not, but that's what he likes to say. So how you, it's kind of the same story as Michelle Malkin, where you're just an un, completely unknown college student who kind of gets plucked from obscurity and placed onto the big stage. And now suddenly you're like a major player, right? Right. Yeah. Yeah. So I maybe we could try to find more on that, but it yeah, it's one of those things that continued. would be tough. It would be tough to like verify details of that, but I feel like know. it would be, but I, I it does seem like it, it's not it, it's not like illogical to conjecture. Yeah. You know, it seemed plausible at least, yeah, that yes. that's what happened. So yeah, we uh, so Nick rises to prominence. He gets really popular. He starts talking about taboo topic topics like the Jewish question or <laughs> white identity, and could do you know is there a great replacement and immigration? And he's a huge Trump supporter. Um, and he gets to I think he was over a hundred thousand followers on YouTube before his YouTube got yanked. Um, and he started live streaming you know just on his own like his own little channel and he kind of progressively over the last few years starts getting banned from all kinds of things right and this is in the leading up to the 2020 election he's stumping for trump big time everywhere probably the biggest trump supporter out there totally um and he all the way up through the election is talking about election fraud and things like this. Um, And then we get to the election, which everybody remembers, (laughs) which was very contentious. And -hmm. there was a little, a little thing called stop the steal, which started. Now stop the steal was like a nationwide tour that was intended to bring media attention and general awareness to the possibility that there was some tampering or fraud going on with the 2020 election. And this, this movement, this stop the steal tour, because it was a very organized tour. They were in like Atlanta, Austin, DC, Lansing, Michigan, a whole bunch of state capitals. I don't remember all the different stops, but it was like a whole tour that went through like the month of November of 2020. Right. I went to the one in Lansing. Awesome. Yeah. And, 
mainly out of curiosity, but also I was like, this is, you know, however this shakes out, it's going to be historic. Yeah. Like everyone's going to remember that, That's this. why I went to January 6th. I felt the same way. Yeah. Yeah. I was like, I want whatever this ends up being, God help us all, but it's going to be a piece of history. And, totally. I, you know, it's like an hour from me. So I'll just, it was like kind of a spur of the moment thing. I was like, you want to go? And we were like, yeah. yeah, let's go. So we went. Um, John Doyle was at this particular stop at different stops, different people joined Nick. Sure. Um, so it was Nick and it was um, John Doyle okay. who both gave speeches on the Capitol steps, but the organizer of stop the steel is a, a man named Ali Alexander, right? who is very mysterious yes. and um, quite a character in this whole saga. And you can't another, find much on him. Well, you have, but, but it is yeah. tough. It's tough yeah. to find things. So he has a, a really odd background. He is, he identifies himself as black and Arab. Mm-hmm. I think he's from a Muslim family. So his name was originally like Ali Akbar mm-hmm. changed it to Alexander because I guess he is Catholic or Catholic adjacent. Now he also says that he was homosexual, which AF is supposed to be completely against. Right. Very, very, very anti homosexual this organization but ali is a homosexual now he says he is a non-practicing and repentant homosexual i don't know for how long Mm -hmm. but he has there have been many screenshots of him texting and tweeting about and talking in discord with boys who are under 18 and ali does not deny it he doesn't say he didn't do that. He kind of gave like a vague explanation that he had had an alcohol problem in years past and that when he drank too much, he may have, you know, crossed that line without intending to do any harm. The the typical kind of platitudes. And for some reason, America First just lets this completely slide no when, you would, when you would never expect this after, I mean, Nick's probably got dozens, if not hundreds of hours of him ranting against homosexuality and groomers and things like this however that doesn't seem to be a problem also in ali's background he has a criminal record he's been convicted of petty theft credit card fraud um like identity theft type of stuff where he would steal a credit card and run it up um and yet he is or he's the one organizing the media tour that is intended to bring attention to possible election fraud and I mean, he was stumping with Alex Jones in DC and everything that, you know, Ali was on the bullhorn at a lot of these. It saying, was very, I mean, I've seen some of those, uh, that footage with him and Alex Jones and it's bizarre. Yeah. I Alex mean, bizarre. is almost trying to get him to let, like, Alex is almost going, you're sounding crazy. Yeah. Like, calm it down. Like you're, you're going to like, there was almost a fight they got into with it, another guy. It looked guy. like it. It yeah. almost looked like it might have behind scene. There might've been actually. Right. I mean, right. I didn't wasn't because, privy, so well, I don't know. There were people at the time, because I'm like watching this in a live chat, and there were people right. in the chat saying, this guy sounds like a Fed. Because he was he was saying things that all of us would expect Feds to say, right? Things like we're gonna take that, you know, we're gonna we're gonna do this and we're gonna do that. I don't even want to say it on your show just because it's the kind of thing that would right. immediately get you into some trouble. Right. Um so the guy who has a criminal background of theft and fraud, who's also a homosexual, who's been caught grooming teenage boys, is the guy who's going to lead the charge to bring awareness to possible election fraud and be there, you know, with America first. Very bizarre, very strange choice that I don't know how you would rationalize this. Um, so that's a problem. And so so January 6th comes. And Ali has been telling everybody we're going to take back the country, whatever we got to do, right? Kind of saying we're going to IRL go in and take it back by force if necessary. Right. Saying, saying things that's making even Alex Jones really nervous. Yeah. Alex, Alex is going, we're not going to do that. He was visibly agitated. Yeah. 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 Alex was, so on January 6th, you had Alex. He was at the Capitol, but he was not in the Capitol. Something right. that everybody should know. Yes. 
he was not in there. He wasn't even on the Capitol steps. He was like a good mile away or something. He was he was fairly far to where you'd have to like walk and it would take 15, 20 minutes to get there. Most of most of us were still at the ellipse because Trump was still speaking. Yes. Yes. Yeah. So. So Alex is there on January 6th saying specifically, this is peaceful. We're not going to do anything crazy. We are not storming anything. We're not going in anywhere. We're not. This is just a peaceful protest. We're just here to say what we think is happening. Um, And Ali is, you know, riling people up with other suspicious actors saying things like, we're going to storm the Capitol. We're going to take the Capitol. Nick Fuentes, there is video. John Doyle just brought this up in a Twitter space this week. He's been trying to avoid public conflict with Fuentes, but finally had to say something, I guess. And he said, look, we have video that's still out there right now of Nick Fuentes on the Capitol steps telling people we're going in, we're taking the Capitol. Um, so these two guys together, you know, are doing this on January 6th and on January 6th, Baked Alaska is another guy who's yeah. super tight with Nick. He's America first. He's tightly associated with that group. He's another person with a super checkered past. Really interesting, really bizarre. Um, He's kind of been in a bunch of different political movements. He's done Black Lives Matter marches and then recanted that and then decided he's an America first groiper. Um, He was in the Capitol building on January 6th. He got arrested. Mm -hmm. Um, He had to turn... Uh, and do a deal and become an informant for the feds for the, for this incident. And he's out right now. And no, we know some of the deals of his, you know, his deal with the feds. Um, But Nick says, you know, there's, he's still good. They're all still good. They're all still good with each other. Meanwhile, after January 6th, Ali Alexander disappears, drops off the face of the earth. Totally. Until a couple weeks ago, when the Kanye West stuff starts. So this is, it's hard to even know like where to go with everything because it's so crazy and it's so weird. But, but I, I feel like whenever you dive into all of this stuff, I just always feel like it, it's like a soap opera. It is. Only it's, it's real. Yeah. I'm reading The Devil's really Chessboard weird. right now, which is all about the, the uh, origins of the CIA. And I'm yeah. like, if I didn't know who these characters were, I would think this guy was just writing like a soap opera script. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's exactly what this is like. So, yeah. like, I did a little looking into, you know, Baked Alaska, and he got that name because he's from Alaska. And in uh-huh. his younger days, he worked for like Vice, and he was a big stoner and a total right. degenerate. And so he was Baked Alaska. But <laughs> his parents, now this is interesting, his parents Ooh. were uh, Christian missionaries. And he spent, yeah, he spent a lot of time, which if you guys may may or may not know that missionary work is oftentimes a front for intelligence work. And Baked Mm -hmm. Alaska spent a lot of his time growing up in Russia. They were in St. Petersburg. Wow. Doing mission work. So possibly espionage work. Well, I mean, the whole Trump thing, you know, the, the Russia, 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 Russia gate stuff. And then the election stuff with Russia, it's just kind of weird that he has that connection and then he ends up as part of America first. And this guy is a total joker. He's not a serious politics guy at all. He's an IRL streamer who like sprays people in the face with mace or just like runs around screaming and doing crazy stuff and recording it and has like a, a hype house where him and his buddies live. It's like total like MTV crazy insanity type of stuff. Why right. is he part of a major political movement? Why is he inside the Capitol? Why is he so closely associated with something like America First that claims to be this serious political movement? Right. Very bizarre. And and Nick's been put to the question on this all the time. And he just says, oh, he's just my friend. He's my friend and we like each other. And uh and we love him and he's great right so they're all there on january 6th doing all this highly suspicious stuff that if they were anyone else if they were democrats if they had d's behind their names if they were associated with with anything else we would all instantly be untrusting and and very suspicious but because there's towing the line of the dissident right and they're saying the right things you know they're saying oh we're not going to let them take our country and we care about the future and christ is king which is another thing they're saying all the time all the time (laughs) 
Um, okay. And Nick Nick has admitted on stream that he doesn't go to church. He hasn't really gone to church. He doesn't really do any of that. He doesn't really care about any of that. But he's going to run around with the Catholic identity saying Christ is King all the time. Drives me kind of crazy, to be honest with you. Um, so Understandably, yeah. Ali disappears. Baked Alaska goes to jail. Nick tells everyone that he is um, on the no-fly list. This was a mm -hmm. big deal right around this time. He yeah. even like records himself at the airport. He's only showing like his feet because he doesn't want to record the actual worker, you know, the airline person he's talking to. And she doesn't say he's on a no-fly list. She just tells him that for reasons she can't say, he can't board a certain plane. And he's like, see, this is proof. I'm on the no-fly list. I that I can't be a Fed because I'm on a no-fly list. And then he says they took half a million dollars of my money. The feds just confiscated it and they won't give it back. And his his cult just goes nuts. And they're like, see, we knew he was the real deal and we have to support our boy. And even me, I was even kind of like, oh, he shouldn't be on a no-fly list just because he has unpopular political views. I thought sure. the same thing. Yeah, of course. Until, of course, <laughs> earlier this year when uh, Jaden McNeil resigned, one of the things he said was that Nick Yes, they did take Nick's money, but they gave it back very quickly. He hmm. got it right back. And that hmm. even though he was on the Capitol steps, um, he was considered part of the investigation and then cleared almost immediately. Hmm. Cleared of any investigation, which if you guys know anything about that, there's people who really, really weren't involved and weren't even inside. And they're like, you know, in jail. They're in jail. Yeah, they're in big trouble. And somehow Nick on the Capitol steps telling everyone to go in and take back the Capitol gets his money back. And he got taken off the no-fly list if he ever was on it to begin with because he's no longer on it. But he didn't tell his supporters this for like a year and just milked money that way. Got tons of donations because he was like, oh, I don't have my money. They took my money and they won't give it back. So he was getting massive donations from people who really thought that he was like in a tough financial situation because of the feds when wow. they had given it right back. So yeah, that's that's what um, that's what his former best friend and former treasurer said. Uh, when he came out and and decided he was going to tell the truth, allegedly, this May. So that's all weird enough. Yes. And then we get to the last few months, which are even weirder. And <laughs> suddenly enter another gay Catholic man named Milo Yiannopoulos. <laughs> Again, an organization that's strictly against homosexuality, but somehow seems to find a lot of homosexuals to uh, run everything. Um, and of course, Milo's another one who says he's reformed, he's no longer gay, he's sodomy free. Um, doesn't really matter what your opinion on homosexuality is. I'm only bringing that up to say this is an organization that claims to be staunchly against it and all the people they're working with. It's just openly hip hypocritical. Right, yeah. Right, right. yeah. And, and it's just kind of weird. It's like, um, yeah. There's a lot of people who know how to run campaigns and know how to organize. And there's there's tons of people with those skills out there who I'm sure, sure. would love to work for the organization, organization. But these are the people that he ends up with. So Milo becomes involved at some point. Uh, Nick did a spot on his show maybe a year or two ago. And then uh, like last summer, Nick says on his stream that Milo is helping him set up something called Cozy TV. This is a year ago, roughly. Okay. Um, Which yeah, is like a multi-million dollar enterprise. Yes, it's a huge streaming platform that has a ton of streamers on it. Um, Nick's the biggest one, but it's like everybody who he's friendly with, who's a streamer and multiple other people. Anybody who's, it, it was... It was told to people that this is the place you go when you've been deplatformed and it will be safe for you. And if you are on the bad guy list, you know, with the uh, with Google and with YouTube and with the feds and everything, this is going to be your castle, your safe place you can go. They actually call it like Castle Cozy, like because you're untouchable here. You can come and stream here. Mm hmm. Well, my husband looked into this and he said, that's really weird because in order to get a login for Cozy, you have to use Telegram. And Telegram has your phone number 
And it's totally and Telegram is Russian. Yes. Telegram is Russian. Very interesting. So Andy's like, so let me get this straight. All the people who might be targeted, we're going to funnel them all into one place where they have to use something like Telegram to log in. They have to use uh, like their super chat system that they have developed. Same thing, totally trackable, totally traceable. And, you know, it, gossip and rumors started circulating that this was like a Fed honeypot. And there's evidence that America First and Nick and some of his associates, like Ethan Ralph um, or uh, Beards and Beardly, some of these like, they're kind of like shock jock streamers. They're not right. serious political guys. They're like there to be as crazy and outlandish as possible. Some of them are from like the blood sports era of internet debate and things like that. Um, they have gotten other popular streamers deplatformed. So they will mass report and mass flag people to get them deplatformed. And then Nick says, oh, looks like you got to come to Cozy. There's nowhere else for you to stream now. So I guess if you still want to have a show, you should probably come here. So yeah, it started to get this reputation of like, seems a lot like a honeypot, seems a lot like a bit of a trap that you yeah. guys are implicated in deplatforming certain people who would just happen to be a good fit and have nowhere else to go. And then everybody who's, you know, chatting and they've got group chats too, that all of these kids are probably saying things in that they would get in big trouble for if, if it were ever found and stuff like that. So it's very suspicious. And Nick said, Milo was the one who helped him get cozy started. He said Nick was or Milo was very instrumental in helping him uh, get cozy TV set up, get the, uh, you know, the super chat systems, all these things. It's so interesting because Milo seems to just be there behind the scenes, helping people set up all kinds of things that later end up being problematic. Uh -huh. And the thing that you should know about Milo is that he has he's a confirmed federal informant. So we know mm -hmm. Baked Alaska is now we also know that Milo is. He's got what he calls a blackmail vault where he says he's got dirt. He said this on a live stream on the kill stream like two years ago. And he held up a little hard drive and he said, this is my vault and it's got dirt on everyone I have ever been around. And I've been around almost everyone who's anyone for the last decade. <sighs> and anybody who crosses me, um, Lauren Southern has come out and said that he, she was blackmailed by Milo. Um, her documentary filmer crew also say that they were um, blackmailed by him. Um, another gal who worked with Lauren Southern in the UK when her and Milo were close said that he blackmailed her as well, like totally destroyed her life. So there's multiple people who say this is true. And Milo is right on video saying it himself. In addition to that, there are court records where Milo has worked with federal agents who he says he has an ongoing relationship with and feeds them information. Um, and I can send you sources and stuff if you do want okay. to post yeah. them sure. um, or anything like that, just so people know this isn't pure gossip. Like these are, right. I, I looked at the court documents myself, which show <laughs> Milo Yiannopoulos as, you know, one of the informants who handed over certain information to a federal office in Florida concerning a, a court case. So yeah, it'd be great to have the, the links. Yeah, if you could, yeah, but yeah, I will send you all that. So Milo is a Fed, Baked Alaska is a Fed, Ali Alexander, very suspicious, has a criminal background. And then suddenly Nick announces, you know, a month or two ago that he is going to be stopping his show because he's going to help Kanye West run for president and that Milo is the campaign manager. Very bizarre. It was a huge story because it was so strange how all that unfolded. I'm sure everybody's seen like, you know, him naming the Jews and mm -hmm. going on info wars with a ski mask on that was made by Balenciaga, by the way. At the uh, yeah. same time that the Balenciaga gate stuff came out, Kanye West goes on info wars with the Balenciaga mask on, refuses to take it off. Some mm -hmm. people are saying it wasn't even him. I'm I've heard that. To... Yeah. And, and he's no nowhere idea. to be found. At, yeah. After, so, yeah. He disappeared for what, almost a month? Yeah. Now Maybe? it's been almost a month. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and, now I guess he's rumored to be fine. I don't know. Very strange stuff. 
very strange, very bizarre stuff with the InfoWars and everything else. And now Nick is back streaming. And he he, isn't, uh, I did want to add, you, you had mentioned that uh, now uh, he's supposedly dating like a Forbes uh, yeah. yeah, Jew. Yeah, so, <laughs> yeah, so the whole reason that Nick told everyone they have to support Kanye West, even though once again... Uh, the guy who's the leader of the white nationalist movement is promoting this black rapper to be president is because uh, he will talk about the truth of Jewish power, right? Mm -hmm. And <laughs> you and I would say, oh, well, sure, there's a Jewish power element, but they're certainly not the only ones. And they certainly aren't at the top or anything like that. And most of them are definitely not even Jewish and not, not by right, religion right. anyway. No, exactly, <laughs> you know? exactly. But but this is just, oh, we have to name them. We have to name them. My husband calls them the namums because <laughs> he's like, I they're like specifically there to get you in trouble. The only people who run around just say, you have to name them. You have to name them to prove that you're like, that you're really on our side or something. It's just so insane. In solidarity. Yeah. yeah it's so insane. It's, it's like, say things that will totally implicate you and get you fired and get you deplatformed. And, and for what? And so... This is what Kanye comes out with, right? Not not any of the other million obvious things that you could rally the nation behind that are real problems that people actually care about. This mm. is going to be the thing. And so he runs around saying all this crazy schizophrenic sounding stuff and I'm like a, you know, a conspiracy theorist and I'm watching it going this is absolutely nuts. Mm -hmm. And the Kanye thing we could go into a all sorts of other things about his background and why he's suspicious, mm -hmm. his trainer, all that sort of stuff. It's the wildest thing, but here we are with this weird cast of characters. And on InfoWars, when Kanye goes on, who pops up for the first time in like a year? Ali Alexander. Suddenly, he's right there on the InfoWars set telling everyone we have to back yay. We have to back yay 2024. He's the only one that can save the country. <laughs> He's the only one who's going to speak truth to Jewish power and we have to back him. And even Alex Jones is sitting there like, what, what is happening? <laughs> right. Hell? And then later, you know, Alex says, I don't agree with them. He has a little debate with Fuentes and everything about Israel and about Jewish Hitler power and all this. Yeah. Hitler. I love Hitler. So to me, like my husband and I are sitting back watching this going, I mean, it was just like so many moving parts of insanity to put together. But I'm like, these are people who are convicted criminals. <laughs> like, right. Uh, why are we trusting them to like, yes, everyone come out of the woodwork and name the Jew to me, the convicted criminal who ran, stopped the steal and then disappeared for a year. And now I'm back with Kanye West. And he is still. So he got his Twitter back. Ali got his Twitter back uh, right. just a week ago or something. Okay. And it's, it's yay 2024. It's Kanye West is our only hope. He's going to save the nation. Um, and, and he and Nick Fuentes are going to take back America. It's absolutely insane. Like you said, you could never even like write a script this wild if you wanted to. No, nobody yeah. would believe it. And then, only yeah. So after all this name the Jew stuff, we news breaks today that Kanye West, you know, he went through this terrible divorce with Kim Kardashian, but he has a new girlfriend now. Well, who's the new girlfriend? She is an uh, Forbes 30 under 30, like Instagram model, OnlyFans type model, like a sexy girl model who takes scandalous pictures in her underwear, has lots of plastic surgery, and is allegedly fully Jewish according to this article so i mean that's why it was in the news because everyone was like wait i thought that gay was on by naming campaign. the jew he meant date the jew <laughs> yeah he meant just right. date them just hook up with them i guess it's super <laughs> super bizarre and i'm just i'm sure that nick will go on stream and tell him tell us all why that's cool and based now i'm sure and fine and awesome it's just it's so please, it's nick, such, please tell us please uh you know lead us uh, it's just such a psyop because he he built a lot of his following on like white replacement, right? right? Nick's Nick's big issue for a long time was white replacement. Yeah. And then I'm gonna help this black rapper who and I know that he's done like the the little stunt with Candace Owens where they wear the all lives matter shirt. Mm -hmm. But Kanye has I mean, he's always been kind of crazy. I question that whole thing too, by I the do way. Too. I, there's Be a well, lot of things about uh, 
one week he'll say black lives matter and that he supports that. And then a month later, it'll be like, no, 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 it's, I, I reject that. And it's all lives matter. And he's very cryptic and he's very slippery and he contradicts himself all the time and all the time sounds kind of crazy to everybody. And it's like, why you just have to think, is this just like a whole movement of crazy people doing <laughs> crazy people stuff? Or is it something where it's like, they're trying to get the most radical elements propagandize them and funnel them all together for some reason right kind. either to discredit them or to That's what identify I them perhaps to discredit things like christian movements I, uh, yeah pro-life I, movements things like yeah. that i think kind it's of what it sounds like to to just associate those like really conservative or right-wing ideas with pure insanity Yep. And total craziness. I, that's exactly what it looks like to me. They're trying to discredit the MAGA movement. They're trying to discredit Trump. They're trying well, to. That's dis- another thing. They showed up at Mar a Lago. Right. Um, Nick Fuentes and Kanye West and Milo all just like showed up. And Trump said he had no idea. He, th- he knew that Kanye was coming, but he didn't know he was bringing anyone with him. Right. But to avoid being rude, he said, well, bring in whoever your friend is. And it happened to be Nick Fuentes. So then. The next day, the newspapers just run wild with Trump has dinner with white nationalist, uh, you know, and crazy, insane rapper. And it looked really bad for Trump. And Trump had to try to, like, put out a statement to disavow and all this stuff. And Milo Milo Yiannopoulos has said publicly that he felt betrayed by Trump and the MAGA movement and that he was going to destroy it. Yep, he has. And and so, he's been very aggressive about that. Yes. His statements. Yeah. So why else would Milo show up to Mar-a-Lago with these two people who he knows are going to help discredit Trump and continue to make him look bad? Right. Um, so it's just, it looks to me like they just go around and wherever they are, it's like, kryptonite it's like people get in trouble people get discredited people get deplatformed people end up in jail you know uh i mean everything they've got everything they've touched from stop the steal to january 6 to this weird presidential campaign supposedly trying to disrupt trump's campaign or or who knows they could so if they at any point decide they don't like desantis or anyone else and again you don't have to like these people no I'm not, no no that's i'm not, not the point. stumping for any of them i'm just saying they're like radioactive kryptonite and everywhere they go stuff gets destroyed and chaos ensues and it's just really crazy so it's like i don't see this as a movement number one that you should put your eggs in this basket but number right. two i think you should be very suspicious about what it's truly about i mean yeah we don't know where nick gets all this money from yeah and we it, don't know he clearly has a lot of money behind him that's he does. very questionable yeah and he constantly brags about being a millionaire he'll say all the time oh i'm a millionaire uh, and nick has he has developed this really crazy contempt for the working class in the last year, which was another thing that was starting to turn me off when he likes to do certain rants. He'll talk about how working with your hands is gay. Um, it's, it's for stupid people. Why would you ever do a, a manual labor job? He's, Supposedly he's, he's America first. Yeah, but he sounds was very built on the, the blue collar. I mean, that's I what it was built on. And that's what MAGA is. MAGA is yeah. a blue collar you know, factory worker, farm worker movement. And Nick is like openly, he thinks it's based and cool to be classist and look down on working people and talk brags about how he's a millionaire and how he's so much smarter and better than, you know, people who have to work for a living and how that's stupid. Um, And he's also, you know, he wants to talk about Christian values and family values and then tells young men that it's cool to be an incel which is I was going to ask you about that. What is up with that? And when I went to APAC, I mean, it looked like just it, the whole room was in cells. They are. They so are. weird. <clears throat> it's very weird. And he has said uh, this was on Jimmy Kimmel, of all things. Okay. They put together a clip of Nick Fuentes saying dating women is gay. There's nothing gayer you can do than date women. 
women. I mean, even being interested in women is gay. I'm an incel. I'm a proud incel. And so one of his, one of his, uh, which is actually it's, not what it means to be an incel. I thought incel was like they can't get women. Right. Not that right. they don't want to. Like Right. Exactly. Right. So it's, again, this really weird, um, and he tries to make everything like an inside joke, and like it's just jokes. And this is part of the cult mentality, too, is like, oh, you just don't get us. You just yeah, don't get I, it. I've heard him say that over yeah. and over again. And yeah, it's like, well, okay, if we don't get, get it, why don't you explain it? I mean, if it's, Yeah. Because it's to create this um, us versus them mentality and this yeah. exclusivity. I'm part of the club. And I personally have met young men who used to follow my work until until I started to say, <laughs> not a fan of some of this. And then it became, I'm evil and, and they don't like me, which is fine. I don't care. But uh, there's a, a number of young men who have like straight up told me, this is my only social interaction i have right these right. are my only friends like my america first group chats i'm in or my little friends that i'm tight with they're my only social circle i have if i get kicked out of that i have nothing so whatever the current right. insanity is they'll just go with it and they'll be like right. yeah this is what we're about now we're now we're we're super into rap music and we're we love kanye west and you can tell that these are people who probably never listened to kanye west in their life Right. And now, but now suddenly we all have to pretend to be the biggest Kanye West fans. And if you don't, it's like, oh, what are you, some kind of, you know, oh, you can't be in our club anymore. You just don't get it. You know, you're an outsider now. It's very, very, um, it's very culty that way, where it's like anybody, and, and this is another thing they do is anybody who speaks out against them, like my husband, when he has done his streams saying, hey, Look at this crazy stuff that that they're doing. Maybe be a little suspicious. Maybe don't be signing up with your personal information and participating in these group chats that you assume are private, but might not be and all these other things. We have been swatted twice. Our house, we've had SWAT okay. teams called to our house where some, some person who's either a Nick Fuentes fan or maybe one of his friends, we don't know, calls our local police. They know where we live. And they will, uh, one time they said that my husband, they called pretending to be my husband and said that he had murdered the whole family. So we were surrounded with squad cars, rifles, dogs, teams, everything. Could have been very dangerous. Of course. That's terrifying. And then, yeah. And then Especially the second you have time. kids. Yeah. Yes. Oh. I have kids. I have a dog. Right. Um, and we're not, the, they've done this to numerous streamers. It's like sure. a joke. It's like a practical joke they play that's actually very dangerous. It's happened to us twice. It's happened to multiple other people that we know who are streamers. Anybody who talks about this, if they can find out where your location is and they can do this, they'll right. do things like that. Um, especially if they think that you're like a direct competition of some kind. So, right. um, yeah, it's... It's certainly not a serious political movement. That's number one, because they don't even have a platform. So this America First Foundation, when you go there and read all about it, it's one page. It just says, Nick Fuentes is our founder and we follow whatever he says. It does not say, it, so it's not like a Pat Buchanan America First where they lay out tenets. This oh, no. is what we want to do. This is how we're going to do it. This is our vision. No, it's just whatever Nick's whims are, that's what we follow. Yeah. And it's and just it's, vaguely Christian American somehow, you know? And it's super disorganized. So when I went, I mean, I had the receipt on my, like in my email and I showed that to them and they were so disorganized. They couldn't find it. They basically made me pay again is essentially what happened. I had to pay cash. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm, I'd not, already paid. I'm not surprised because I heard a ton of horror stories about. And I had already paid. I mean, I had proof of it. Yeah, and, and then it, half the people they said were going to speak only showed up by video. Yep. And they and they made statements that sounded completely generic, like they could have been speaking to any audience, like a basic, like a pre-recorded generic. We love America, yay! And it, it just wasn't what people expected at all so. no and and it was like it took forever i mean even when i gave them cash for them to figure this all out and coordinate and decide how they were gonna let me in and i emailed them for hours so i ended up being like fortunately they 
because one of the get one of the speakers t- was so late, I, I didn't end up missing anything. But I mean, this was a lot of stress that for yeah. supposedly an organized event. I mean, the yeah. major pack, right? Like, how yeah. how does that happen? Yeah, yeah. So I mean, that's basically the the long and short of it, guys. Is like this is highly suspicious. The people involved are highly suspicious. They have connections that are very suspicious for the things they're saying they're trying to do. And I feel like they're taking a very vulnerable population that is desperate for some hope and some leadership and possibly like really screwing them over, you know, by being a fan or signing up for cozy TV or, or going to AFPAC or things like this or donating money, you might be putting yourself on a list. You know what I'm saying? It's just, and of course they're presenting themselves which is a very common psyop thing to do as the answer to that problem, right? Of course. We're not them. We wouldn't do that. It's safe here. And it's like when you look into the background and, you know, it's just, yeah. So Courtney and I had talked about this and we just thought, yeah, we should probably. Yeah. Because I feel like I'm seeing so many people being led astray by it. And Mm -hmm. so many people who think that, you know, they are a nationalist movement, a true America first movement. People th- think that they're Christians. I'm like, yes. buying for theocracy is not very Christian. No. I mean, <laughs> right? You don't force people into your beliefs. That That's like antithetical to everything Christianity stands for. Yeah. I mean, you may pray and for them, you may educate them, but ultimately... we. It, the first, one of the first tenets of Christianity gonna, is that you have free will. Yes, so and I'm going to make a prediction. Will. I'm going to make a prediction before I go. That okay. I think I don't think it would be unreasonable sometime in the next year to see America First take a "We Love Islam" uh, turn, yeah, because there's already in these circles, like Andrew Tate is kind of promoting this stuff, and there's a lot of uh, kind of like, well, if you're going to make us be incels. We're just going to have Sharia law and then you'll have to be part of my harem. And so there, which sounds really hilarious. Like your first instinct is just to laugh at how absurd that is. But I mean, Nick has done rants about how great Stalin is. Yes. And he all has. the things he loved about Stalin. He even wore yeah. the mustache for a while as like a, a cross kind of. Yeah. And yes. then he'll talk about the good things about Islam and how great it is that they can just like lay down an iron hammer and you know, cut your head off if you don't fall into line and things like this. And it's like, well, it's in line, I, I know you need to go, but I'm going to just say this that in line with your prediction. I I have kind of a theory that uh, much of what like Kanye and some of these others are doing where they're creating this dialectical effect. I, I do mm-hmm. think it's a, a subversive dialectical attack using the Jew conspiracy. Yes. Right. Because you have one hand, you have the sacred cow. Anybody who talks about right. it gets canceled. So that yes. leads by example. You can't do this. And then the other hand, you have the people promulgating this quote unquote Jew conspiracy conspiracy narrative that's been around for over a century yes. and was very strongly used in Nazi Germany to promulgate that. Um, so I do think it's a subversive dialectical attack that ultimately leads to negation and that then they're going to come in with their uh, you know, quote unquote answers and uh, yes. usurp power. But I think a lot of what's driving this is the Muslim Brotherhood because they want to overthrow both Christianity and Judaism. Yes. And I think that, and of course, America. And I yeah. think when you look at what they're doing, it does look like it's very possible. Of course, this it is does. just theory, but who could be That's behind so it? so interesting because I didn't know you had that theory and I know you didn't know I had the theory no. because I hadn't said it before. No. But we were kind of, once again, as we often do, heading yeah. in the same direction. So, <laughs> yeah, we'll have well, to see. We'll have to see if they start advocating for some kind of Islamic theocracy or some kind of ecumenical Islamic brotherhood. Well, that's what thing. I think is going to happen. I think it's going to be ecumenical. And I think they're, uh, you know, vying for the uh, a- the Abrahamic faiths uh, union. Right. Yes. And they're already building that temple in Dubai. I-, I think that's where they're kind of going. And then, of and course, Andrew that. Tate. Just bought a place in Dubai, right? And started saying he's going to convert to Islam now because yeah. Islam is based. This is a new thing. Islam is based and cool. Are you an incel? Are you a disaffected young man? Islam is the answer, right? We're going to have a new Islam that's going to 
get these women in line and solve this birth rate problem. I can just see it. I can just already can hear too. the propaganda. So totally. Well, we'll and this is to not see. to, this is not to be pejorative to, I mean, there are some wonderful Muslim people. Right. You know, I feel like I always have to qualify it, everything, but I know. I'm not saying know. that, you know, all Muslims are bad. That's not what no, we're absolutely going with not. Uh, But but well, this was a pleasure. I know you have to go. Yeah. Uh, we'll do a lot more of these. I, I'll just, yes. can I share that we've been yes. talking about doing? Okay, yeah, because we mentioned it on the last one. We've been talking about doing like a, a joint buddy dive type of show. Yeah. So yeah, so we'll keep you posted on that. And yeah, this is always such yeah. good fun. That'll doing. be coming yeah. soon. We are getting that together. We have so many things that we're both <laughs> trying to do, but this is something that we want to do together. So hopefully yeah. if you guys have liked our streams so far. You'll love that. So. Awesome. Yeah. Well, tell everybody where they can find you, find your work, and yeah. you have a show on your own coming yes, up. Yes, so. I'm starting. I will be launching a show on the 26th of January. If you follow any of my social medias, I'll post links to the channel that is being born there. Um, you can go to rwilson.substack.com for my a lot of my writing. And I have a book. You can find it on Amazon. It's called The Cult Feminism, The Secret History of Women's Liberation. So good. So good. Awesome. Well, thank right. you. Thank you. Thanks, Courtney. You're welcome. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.